I think just to give you some general knowledge of some of our history that you will not find written down in any books. Among our nations, we go back and we can trace the very, the very beginning of our ancestors. We believe that we are born of the earth. And among our people, we know where our birthplace is. Archaeologists have said, you know, they always have the Bering Strait theory that when during the Ice Age, there was tracks that went across that, that ice bridge. So we did not argue that point. We said, sure, there were tracks that came across that bridge, but they didn't come into our, our country. They went out of our country. As we call ourselves by our traditional names, I'm Lakota. Here's Ojibwa. Our governments in our country call us Sioux and Chippewa. Because to our understanding, Sioux is the last five letters of a French word that means cutthroat. Lakota means friendly people of, of the earth. Because we realize if we all looked at each other that we, we sit in here, the only, only thing that is different about us is, is the way we speak. As, as, as a race of human beings, we need to start looking at our similarities. We are sitting here and we're all two-legged. So we have a common bond, and that is Mother Earth. For she is our mother. She is very sacred. That is why our people fought so hard to ensure that Mother Earth would continue. The some of the things that we have to deal with is that because we walk close to the earth, we understand all life. The trees, the rocks, the grass, everything is alive. And, and throughout religions, throughout the world, they all agree that the Creator created everything. So if that is the case, we have to look at each other and begin to realize maybe perhaps we are all related because there is but one Creator. In our part of the world, thousands of years ago, we always understood the world to be round. Life is a circle, and it is sacred. <coughs> and so we have to understand our very beginning. As indigenous peoples, we go, the first thing we understand is our relationship to Mother Earth. She is our mother. We all come from the Earth. Because even though we speak of spirituality, we do not call it a religion. It is a way of life, something that we do every day. And throughout, for the past 500 years of endurance in, in our own land, we've had to deal with the confusion of all the other races that came into our country. Because in the name of God, millions of our people were massacred. Our children, some of them were grabbed by the ankles and their heads were bashed against trees because they didn't understand us. The call of the wild or the West was if you don't understand something and then you kill it. So we've endured 500 years of, of Holocaust. And this is 501 years. Instead of coming back with anger in our hearts, we come back with, with, with knowledge to help all of you find out where you are in your path and what, it, what, how, what Mother Earth means to you. Because if we look around, Mother Earth is crying. She is dying. It's going to be up to the two-legged now to save Mother Earth. <coughs> So I would put it to you this way. Those of you who are still lucky enough to have your mothers alive, if you walked into your homes this very night, and there she was lying on the floor, her wrists were split, her lifeblood draining from her, 
what you're going to do about it. And I would hope that no one would just watch her die. In the same way we look at Mother Earth and we begin to understand, throughout the beginning, our birth, of when, when man came out of the caves and, and walked on top of Mother Earth, we always had a simplicity that all things were our relatives. So we, we always gave before we took anything. Spirituality among our people is not done once a week. It is a way of life. We do not call it a religion. And we believe that what separates us from those who destroy Mother Earth and those who try to, try to protect her, those who are willing to die for her. Because to truly understand this, one of the things that you will never be told is the atrocities we had to suffer just being able to walk where we walked. We were not understood. If I mentioned the word Holocaust, a lot of people think of the Jews. And, and that's true, they went through a Holocaust. And in a period of, uh, I forget how many years, six million of them were, 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 were killed in a period of years. In one day, in our country, nine million indigenous people were killed in one day in the name of progress not allowed to be who we were born to be so it is very important to us what we call ourselves all the nations that are left in our country choose to call themselves by their by their traditional names they call us Sioux we call ourselves Lakota they would call them Arapaho Arapaho call themselves Natnetna Cheyenne is Nachista Navajo is Dene. Cherokee, Kasalaki. And you go on and on with all the nations and all of the, all the translations are human beings, two-legged, people of the earth. But they didn't see it that way so they had to make us the enemy. We have, uh, we have uh, holidays <coughs> in our country that are celebrated but nobody knows where they begin. But these are things we will never forget. One of the holidays that they celebrate in America is a, is a holiday they call Thanksgiving. And everybody thinks Thanksgiving came from when, when, when Squanto and his people helped those pilgrims survive the first winter. Showed, taught them how to plant. Taught them, introduced them to many, many different foods. And so sure, there was a great feast planned. But the day of this feast, before this feast, the men of that township, and they were so proud of this, it's in their documentation, it can be found at the Smithsonian Institute in our, in, our, in our country. The day before that feast, they went out and they massacred over 700 Indian men, women, and children. And at the feast, they gave thanks that they won the battle. And it is from that incident that holiday has come from. So we've had to deal, you know, with, with that type of mentality. Because we have always stood there as but one creator. Although we were appreciative to all life, because once again the creator created all life. So we, uh, when we took a tree, we offered tobacco, because, it, because that was taking a life. When we went and had to do different things, we always offered tobacco and asked, asked the spirits of these things to forgive us, but we also had to survive. And they were our teachers. It was the four-legged, the bear, the buffalo, the wolf, the deer. These animals, they were our original teachers. They were the teachers of all two-legged when man first came out of the caves and stood upright. 
So there was the four ladies that taught us what to eat, how to keep warm. But today we don't even think about it. Because we have a mind, we think we are superior. And we think we are so sophisticated that we do not longer need our teachers, which are all, all other creation. If we had a totem pole in which you, we would set the intelligence of life in order, it would be the two-legged that would be at the bottom. We are the only ones who do not know our place in the world. That is why people from all nations have just wandered. And so we have many gifts that were given to us by the Creator. Many ways to take care of these gifts. So we have traditions. We have cultures. And that is our foundation on Mother Earth. As in, in the stories and the sacredness of these traditions and these cultures that have gotten us through all of this time and we are still alive and we still practice it's very hard for me to use the word practice because I look at other every time I'm always wary of people who use the word practice because if they say I want to practice my religion I often ask them what are you practicing for is there a great big show at the end or something that you have to have it perfect so that is why we call what we do a way of life. It's something that we live, that we understand every day. And because the first Europeans into our country did not understand that, they killed us. Our people had to go through much, much death. And in order for you to understand what we say, I, I believe you need to understand the pain also. You need to understand how we felt when we had to see those little ones bashed against the trees. We had to see the private parts of our women cut off and used as toys or stretched and used as hatbats. We've had to deal with those atrocities in our country. And yet, we never hate. If there was ever a race of people in the world that had the right to hate, it would be the indigenous people of the Western Hemisphere. Because every race that entered into our country killed us. Every race. Not one came to help they all came to kill to get what they wanted to rape Mother Earth and get the riches of what lied there so in our language we call them Washichus and the original way to say Washichu was Washichu which meant stiller of the fat they would come to just take the best of the land and so irony does have its place in, in history because when we they, when they say we were finally conquered we were never conquered as a, as a people we were never defeated on the battlefields it was their trickery and the use of, of, of their language that's, that they eventually stole from us we were not a conquered people our old people used to say a nation is never defeated until the hearts of the women lay upon the ground and we had strong women and so we We've kind of started to believe Hollywood and the way Hollywood said things. It was never the way. And I ask you that in a lot of the books that you read about Native Americans, you will find, if you are true in your heart when you read these books, you will come to understand that 95% of them are false. And common sense tells us that. Because a lot of them, first they had to be interpreted. So during the interpretation, they lost half the meaning. And so there were voids. And so as the author of these books had to fill those voids. So it was his own opinion. 
So the books are good because they will lay you a simple foundation. But when you get into the reality, you also need to understand the, the atrocities that our people had to do, even up until 20 years ago, and still continues today. Our nations are still slowly being killed. You know, and our children are slowly being forced to even hate themselves or that something's wrong with them if the color of their skin is not white. That is the mentality of the beast that we deal with, the government of that country. So we say we are not Indians. Indians live in India. We are not Americans. We were there long before they were called America. So that is why I'm a Lakota. He's Ojibwe. And see, these are the truths that we bring. And we also bring a message that it is time that all of us, that, that we are all two-legged. We need to begin to understand that because it is our Mother Earth that is crying out now. She is the one who is paying the ultimate price. And if we want to leave anything for our children, we must save Mother Earth. Because there is not shuttles, enough shuttles made that we could all board and go to another planet. So we have to take care of her. So it is very sacred. And so when you look at things in a sacred manner, you see the need for our traditions and our cultures. Each one of you here come from ancestors that had cultures and history and, and traditions in this country, in this land. One of the first ceremonies we did when we came to these shores was we performed a ceremony at Stonehenge and we heard the rocks cry because they were just curiosities. They were not being used anymore. And so we need, we need to begin to understand the sacredness of, of the ground we call home because we are all indigenous to the soil we come from. So we are all natives. And so once we, we, you, you begin to understand that, you will see the simplicity of the indigenous person of the Western Hemisphere. Why things take on more of a look to us. Why things are spiritual. Why we go into the, into the sweat lodge. Sweat lodge is a sacred ceremony. Sweat lodge is the womb of Mother Earth. And so we go in there to pray to the Creator. Because everything is life. Life is a circle. And circle is continuous. But just like Mother Earth, a circle had a beginning. So if I was to ask you, where does a circle begin, what would you say? We are taught that a circle has no beginning and it has no end. That's what, if, if that's all we understand of it. But a circle had a beginning, like all, all, all of us. We all had a beginning. And just to, to prove a point, next time you are around some still water, take a tiny pebble and throw it in the center. And what comes from that pebble? There are circles. So we all began. We all have a center. This is the heart. This is the universe. And so we begin to understand that as two-legged, we've got to start realizing we are related. There is but one creator. He created the world. How many days did it take to create the world? We're taught in many different religions it took seven days. Some will say, will argue, say, well, they worked six and rested one, but that's still a total of seven. <coughs> so it took seven days 
But you got to remember that the world is divided into four corners. And so it took each corner of the world seven days to complete. So there was a grand total of 28. And, and to verify that, all you got to do is ask the women, how many days between your cycles? A majority of you will say 28. It took 28 days to create Mother Earth. We were all put... We, when all peoples came out of the cave, they all were given the same knowledge. We were all given the same things. Because if you look into the heart of even the sacred sites in this country, the ancient sites in this country, they're all the same. They're like our medicine wells and different things that we have in our country. They're the same. So I know that you have traditions. In order to save Mother Earth, we need to start understanding it. We need to start understanding that we are but two leggings. If we put our worth in the eyes of the Creator, we are worth as much as the tiniest grain of sand on the beach. We are all the same. And so, now we look into the hearts of our children. What is it we want to leave for them? What is it do we want them to do? If we cannot leave them on the earth, then we do more pain by bringing children into the world. Because they will never really truly see its beauty if we cannot get them to understand it. So when we say, when we talk about Native American spirituality, we're talking about a way of life. And then to, order, and to understand that life, you need to understand the people. Although we've come through much pain and suffering, we still open our arms, we still welcome the world. Say, we, we do possess knowledge. We can teach you how to take care of Mother Earth. And if we can't teach you, then we can reawaken inside yourselves what it is you need to do to take care of Mother Earth. She is our mother. We all nourish from her. She gives us many gifts. Just that in today's society, we're not taught to do these things anymore. They say it's wrong. But we must remember we're but two ladies. Who are we to say what is right and what is wrong? <coughs> the old ones have often said, if you're walking a certain path and things are good, then they are good. There's only the two-legged that makes them bad. So this is basically just the top of all the things that you would call Native American, that I would call Lakota or Indigenous. We all have ways of, of being two-legged. We have always opened our arms. We've always said, welcome. And even after 500 years of Holocaust, we still say, welcome. This is the 501st year we come to these shores now to say it is time. It's time to put away, put away the pain. It's time to start truly healing Mother Earth. It's time to be start looking at each other, start sharing laughter again. When I first came to this country, we, we went to many places and I did not see no smiles. You know, the people were very it's like uh, they were mad at each other I don't know what for because to me you have a very beautiful country she is Mother Earth and so we try to make people laugh to make you feel good because laughter is the greatest medicine we can give to each other laughter is what's going to allow us to heal Mother Earth 
Because there's a difference between laughing at somebody and laughing with them. We need to laugh with each other. That will allow us to grow, allow us to be strong as, as the human race. Because there is but one. Regardless of what we want to believe, there is but one race, and that's the human race. So it is up to each other, it's up to all of us. Now we turn our eyes towards Mother Earth and we say, what can we do to save you? We've got to let establishments know that it's time to stop destroying Mother Earth for nonsense. The rain, what, why do you think the rainforests are being destroyed? For one company. One company wants to raise cattle so it can grow more burgers. This is, you know, these are things we need to save Mother Earth. Otherwise, why are we even trying? This is how an indigenous looks at the environment, and we know it needs to stop. Otherwise, no matter how much technology we have, is not going to save us. Because regardless of how smart we think we are, Mother Earth, all she needs to do is shake, and then he will fall. And that might be a hard lesson, but it is the truth, it is reality. Something that we are going to have to tell our children. Something that we are going to have to clear in our path so we understand where we walk. Otherwise, all the songs would have no meaning. All the ceremony would have no meaning then we would be truly a race of people without tradition. Should that day come, it would truly be a sad day to not know where we came from and not care where we're going. So as an indigenous person, or, or you know, as, as many have come to know us as Native Americans or as Indians, we need to, that is how we look at things. We look at the life of everything, because everything is alive. When we enter into a sweat ceremony, then we bring in the old ones, the rocks, the ancient rocks. Because if we it was to add up all the ages of all the people in here, we are still not as old as the rocks. And they have many, many things to tell us, should we learn to listen. Because I always laugh when people say, if only the hills can speak. Because the hills are saying, if those two legates could only listen. So we've got to be a part of each other. You know, we've got to stop looking at the color of our skin or how much money we have in our pocket. Because when all of these things are gone, then it's going to be a very sad day indeed because people are going to realize you can't eat money. But you can eat a deer. You can catch a fish. You know, and all these things are important. So we need to start, that's how as an indigenous person we look at things and that is why we say this is a sacred path this is the path on Mother Earth we are her children and so we need to understand that <coughs> we need to be more gentle and kind to each other we need to share laughter because if we do not we are surely going to share tears so we have to look at world, the world, and more than just a place to live. We have to understand that this is our mother, and we can no longer cut pieces off our mother and say, they are for sale. 
because it is getting funny they're even starting to sell air in different parts of the world and that's really sad I know it is you know it's something to laugh at but when you look at the reality of it it is sad when we even have to buy air what kind of society are we becoming this is Mother Earth she gave us all these things she asked for nothing except to acknowledge her to remember her give some back so as the Lakota we live by a very simple rule you give what you take and you take what you get and if you can walk that path the world will be a better place for all of us so we got to stop taking we got to start telling the governments of our countries enough is enough we have that power as two-legged we have the power to stand and say we will not condone this anymore but if we wait for somebody else to do it it will never get done and so we bring our hearts to these shores to let you know that we still have a chance if we begin to look at each other as two-legged as relatives that is why in all of our ceremonies we say like when we are finished praying or before we enter the sweat lodge in all of our ceremonies we always say all my relations because we are related to everything everything is a part of us we are a part of life life is sacred and when you look at it in those eyes of this heart we understand that life is good because then we can enjoy it so I could sit here and we could talk about the romantic part of an indigenous person how we used the flute and how we did all of these things but it would not be nothing because we also have to look at Mother Earth and understand why we do the things we do that is the law of Mother Earth not the law of two-legged so that is what we need to start understanding if our children are going to have anywhere to raise their children because life goes on time waits for no man and it is sad that in this society where we say we have so much technology we still cannot control time we all wear watch it's almost like we have to account for every minute of the day but when you're doing ceremonies you look into the fire and you can't tell that fire you got 30 minutes to burn so hurry up it's going to burn when it burns so as two-legged we got to realize we are not the only life there there's life all over mother earth there's life throughout the galaxy here we are a part of mother earth we are one and so when you can understand that what you read in the books about Native Americans about indigenous people will take on more meaning and then you'll begin to realize what I say about these books because you're not going to find this written in, in books and you're not going to find it in history because after all if you look at history it's just his story not ours so that is what we that is how we look at things because at that time Dennis will, will speak and then later if we have time for questions we will answer as many as you can but that is what I would have liked to share with you this evening I thank you for your ears because even if you heard just a few of what I said 
I give you a gift. Thank you for your time. Sometimes when I go to gatherings, I never know what I'm going to talk about. I generally say what is going to be said will be said. And I don't try to organize my thoughts. I just allow the Creator to whisper in my ear as I go along. So what I'm being told right now is maybe to go back to the beginning for a while when I was born because it made a lot of sense to me now a lot of things that has passed through my life as I walked I was born to a father who had Lakota blood who had French blood who had English blood who had Scottish blood who had Irish blood so he was kind of like a Heinz 57 (laughs) my mother was Ojibwa or what they call in the 48 Chippewa. But yet, our true names is Anishinaabe. Real people. People of the earth. And as I started my life, my parents only reminded me to be human. To be a two-legged. And to walk the life that was chosen for me by the Creator and not try to invent one. And there are times I have tried to invent some things. And now a lot of things make sense. But as I grew up, my first learning experience was one day I was playing in the basement. Teepees have no basement, so I wasn't living in teepees. But I was saying, bang, bang, you're all dead. My mother heard it, and she was a little disturbed, so she came and she asked, what? What are you doing? She said, I heard you say, bang, bang, they're all dead. I said, don't worry, Ma, they're just Indians. <laughs> so all of a sudden she said, well, I guess it's time to tell him. <laughs> she told me that I was Ojibwa and that we were called Chippewa here and that my father was also Lakota. So right away I became an Indian. Now the years come by, I decided, no, I'm not an Indian. I'm a Native American. Then I found out I wasn't a Native American. So then I said, well, ah, maybe I'm a Ojibwa Lakota. So I said, all right, I'm Ojibwa Lakota. (laughs) Then when all things are said and done, I go full circle. Find out I'm only a two-legged, a human being. And that traditions are very, very important. They are important because they lead you back. And as you go back through your traditions, all of a sudden you find that you are going forward. Because through traditions, you will find the center of spirituality. You will find that when you reach that center and you look up, all the faces of the world are there. For that's where we started. We all had the same beginnings. When we sing sometimes, there's a song that touches our heart. It is a sacred song, but it's a sacred song to us because this is one way we show our happiness. 
this is one way we show our sign of praise to the Creator. And the Creator feels it. And we know He feels it. Because we feel it. When we hear a sacred prayer that is whispered to us, it is our sacred prayer. And when we say it, we feel it. But what has happened throughout the ages is that because a prayer works for one, we think we can all attach ourselves to it. And because we attach ourselves to it, we forget who we are. So sometimes we have to allow ourselves to be who we are. We have to recognize what our path is. And sometimes when you listen, listen to all people who are speaking. Take a little bit, put it in your heart. Take a little bit, put it in your heart. Take a little bit, put it in your heart. And when you go full circle, you will find who you are. And you will find the path. And you will find that path leads but one way. That is up. People have asked me sometimes to be their teacher. I say, I cannot. They say, but we need to learn. But I cannot be your teacher. I'm just a two-legged. Your teacher's up there. I will sit with you. If you want to ask questions, if you want to give me advice, it's neutral. We are equal. We're just but two-legged. All I ask when people come to me is that they come with me with an open heart. And through that open heart, I will show them the power that they've always had. A lot of people say, oh, you're so powerful because you helped me. No, I, didn't. I don't have the power. I only help them understand their own power. And once they understand that connection, it's simple. It's not that hard for people. So when you look, listen, and like the rocks, sometimes you can't see the rocks, but they're there. Sometimes you've got to go a little bit deeper. We always say, this is not a mind. When this was made a mind is when we had problems between our spirit and this. Because when we look at it, the real battle isn't between good and evil. The real battle is between the mind and the spirit. And a lot of people say the mind is powerful. But yet, when we're laid to rest in Mother Earth, the mind stays there, the body stays there. Only the spirit leaves. So the spirit always has the strength. If you allow the spirit to walk within your bodies, it can control the mind. It will control the body. And you will understand your own heart when you walk. When we look at nature, I always used to ask this question, and I would never understand it until I went out one day. And I just sat, and I looked at the beauty of the earth. And all of a sudden it became clear to me that we always say, the Creator created all things. Then I sat and I said, well, if He created all things, then each thing has a life force energy that allows it to grow. Some people will call it life force energy. Other people will call it spirit. So when the spirit leaves any living thing, if you watch real close, you will see a color of energy leave. 
when our own people pass on to the next world, you will see a tiny energy returning. So when we look at it, we're all related. This is not the image of the Creator. For if it was, we would go up this way. But we don't. So that is how we are related to all things, is through spirit. And if you get to that tune, when you go lay down by a tree sometimes, some of you have heard it, I know, I feel it. Something has talked to you. And you looked. Nothing there. It was the tree. Or it was grass. Or it was a poor leg. Or it was a flying. Anything that he creates can talk to you. If you listen with your heart. They will talk to you sometimes in pictures. And some of us have had dreams. Some of you have had visions. There is a difference. A vision is when you will remember everything. A dream, you will never remember nothing. But you have to remember that vision. And maybe it won't come to you right away. But when the time comes, it will be there. And unfortunately, you won't realize the vision until it's over. (laughs) And then you'll remember, yeah, I remember that. So it's not hard to get in connection with things. One of the problems that we're having right now in our country is that our spirituality is being killed. It was not so much the land they wanted. What they really wanted was to basically kill the spirit of our life. Today, there are very few of us left who have been picked to walk a certain path. At one time, from the tip of Canada to the tip of South America, there was 196.6 million indigenous people who walked over there, although history says there wasn't that many. And today, only 6.6 million remain. And out of my country, which is both Canada and the United States, where I roam, There's only 200 left in Canada. There are only 38 left in the United States who walk the true path of your heart. One of the things and one of my goals of why I started the Human Circle of Life is to see if I could get the people together of all races and maybe have them come together as just a human race and somehow help us to save our own way so that we could continue to share our knowledge, to share our wisdom with you as we walk our path. And I know I could stay here until the sun comes up. But I think that what you have heard is what you need to hear. What you need to take home tonight, you need to take home. And just listen to the words I have said and listen to other words as they're being said and develop your own path. And you will find that your path leads the same place where my path leads. And since everybody's serious now, I'll tell another joke. <laughs> I've, I've had the privilege of, like I said, knowing many traditions and many cultures. And I know that at one time I've walked with Christ. There are times I've walked with Gichi Manitou. There are times I've walked with Tunkashla. There are times I have walked with Allah. 
So I have had somewhat of a good experience of, of actually talking to people as I go in the spirit world, knowing that there is but one Creator. So I will utilize my friend Jesus and Moses. You all know what golf is, right? Okay, so Moses and Jesus were golfing one day. And, they, and when you listen to this, listen with your heart, you will hear Jesus laughing. Especially Moses. <laughs> so they're golfing and they get to the eighth hole. So Moses tells Jesus, now, hit the ball, but hit the ball only up to the water because you can't hit it to the green. It'll go in the water. And Jesus says, oh no. So Jack Nicholas does it. <coughs> Splash. Moses looks at him. Jesus asks him, would you get my ball, Moses? Moses says, sure. So he walks down to the edge of the water, looks, ah, he sees the ball. Water spreads. Walks in there, grabs the ball. Comes back. Goes gives to Jesus and he says, now Jesus, remember what I said. You can't reach the green from here. So hit it in front of the water and then hit it to the green. Oh no, he says, Jack Nicholas does it. Crack. Splash. So Moses goes get the ball again. Well, this happens four or five times. All of a sudden, Moses says, please, Jesus, hit it up to the edge of the green. Or edge of the water and then hit it to the green. Oh no, Jack Nicholas does it. Correct. Splash. So Moses says, you know, I'm getting a little bit tired of walking back and forth. He said, I'm tired. He said, Could you go after your ball this time? And he said, oh, no problem. So he walks up to the water and looks around and sees his ball. He starts walking on the water. Gets to where his ball at about that time another golfer comes back. Look. Who do you think you are? Jesus Christ? <laughs> Moses hollers out, Jack Necklace! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Maybe we can get Richard in here and answer some questions. This is a bundle. And in the bundle was wrapped a turtle shell. And the turtle shell was a gift to protect my back. And the colors on it or do you give more colors? So I usually take <coughs> my blanket. When I'm speaking, I will turn it this way. And when I'm not in front of somebody not speaking, I will turn it this way to say, I am done. So I bring it sometimes to remind me of the gift of the turtle. And that's why I carry it. Anybody else? Now I know we didn't answer all your questions. <laughs> We were at a. It was it was a peace camp. It was a, it was dances for peace, and people coming from all parts of this this part of the country, or this part of the world, in fact, who came together and still had their stories and their songs and 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 in prayer and spirituality. You know, it was the general idea was to bring peace to the world. You know, so having people from all parts of, of Europe and uh, and even parts of our country that were there to uh, 
to make us realize that there are people throughout the world who have, who have the same belief that we need to, in order to bring peace, we must bring peace to Mother Earth. For that in, in itself is, will bring peace. When, once Mother Earth is happy, we will be happy again. So that is why, and that's where we were at. It was a, it was a nine-day camp, and it just concluded uh, yesterday or the day before. I mean, it, when, when you were part of those things, that we don't, it's hard to go by time. So it's kind of just getting back into the rush again. You know, we've been able to just kick back, and like I say, throughout the whole camp, we might have we might have gotten nine hours of sleep total. So it's just been a part of everything. So it was a very good camp. It was, uh, where was it or when was it? When? Uh, it was down this way somewhere. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know exactly where it is. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. And it, uh, it just concluded, like I say, Saturday. So, so uh, I don't know, from my, my understanding, it's, a, it's an annual thing. And so, uh, you know, people who want to get involved just need to contact, you know, those who, uh, who put it together. And, and maybe if things work out right we will all see each other there next year. Can I ask you something about water seems to be feeling very strongly at the moment. Is the planet thirsty and is there are there ways that you know of you know for for bringing attention to <coughs> the effectiveness of water and all living things seem to need water. We, we understand water to be very, very sacred. And also, if you look at the four elements, uh, earth, wind, fire, and water, which one is the most strongest? Water. Because water not only gives you life, it can take it away. And we all begin in water. When we were in our mother's womb, we were in water. Even the world, even Mother Earth, began in water when it was completely covered in water so the water tables that lie beneath layers of mother earth are slowly drying up because we're allowing things to be destroyed and we're pouring, we're, we're causing so much pollution in the world <coughs> and when we cut down the rainforest we're taking away the oxygen and so water it will be getting a little more stale and it's going to be hard to find you know and so it's going to become a precious commodity if, if uh we don't start doing something about it. And the reason we, we're drinking a lot of water now is because going through a sweat lodge every day for the, you know, it really drains you a lot of, a lot of fluid. So we're just plant, replenishing our own, our, our, own, uh, our own wells of water. So that is, you know, but water is very sacred. We look at water as, as one of the major gifts from the Creator that it gives all life. <coughs> and it's alive itself. <laughs> Not only that, but if you look at the body, if they take all the water left and what's left, what is it? A little pile, but I think. They're mostly water. Because it increased desertification. Lots of wells aren't filled. Presumably the water table then goes down. So there's a lack of respect in the way. Like I say, when we continue to destroy the natural woods throughout the world, you know, and then you go back and you follow the sources of, of, of where water begins. And we begin to notice that there's, you know, the, the snow cover is, is not as, as strong as it used to be, and it's getting a lot warmer than normally. And so they're melting more and more each year, and eventually 
if we don't start doing something to save even even the air and the ozone, that we're going to start warming up to the point where we're going to have a greenhouse effect, and it's going to be very difficult to live on live, live on Mother Earth because uh, there'll be a fight just for water. You know, and those who possess the water will be the people in power. So that's why it's necessary to to you know really take a hard look on, 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 on what our different governments throughout the world are doing to Mother Earth, and we and we've got to say enough is enough. That's provided if, if we care for our children. You know, we, we've got to say enough is enough. There was a time thirty years ago. I don't know how long here in England. But there was a time that you could go places where I lived and just go into the stream. And you would have the purest water ever. Now all the water has to be treated. That alone is telling us something. And we have to look, like I said, we have to look within ourselves to see what are we going to do. The water won't last forever. Any other questions? Yeah. How strong in your position is um, what I like to call the strongest picture? Do you have some sort of um, fear or look upon some what you call the devil and what have you? Do you have any positions that you in that life? Once again, if you go back to, like, even this, uh, the ancient sites here, which at one time were considered very sacred. In our country, the things are aligned with the stars. They're, they're more exact. We can set a uh, time of when things are going to happen. Just by the way, like the medicine well, the way the medicine well is set up, uh, we know uh, a lot of things that are exact. It was a way of, of the people being able to tell the time. That is why most scientists today will will say that the Aztec calendar is the most accurate <coughs> of all calendars ever ever created, and that was you know thousands and thousands of years ago. So uh, you know we look at the stars in, in relationship to you know different things from 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 Mother Earth that makes us related to everything in the universe, and and, and, and if. If we use common sense again, we've got to realize that our galaxies are so large that we cannot be the only life in the galaxy. And so we begin to understand uh, we had visitations, you know, thousands of years ago from, you know, from beings who brought us secrets of maintaining our own world. And so we need to re-understand the signs that were left, like the crop circles that, you know, that they tried to find logic and said that it was two men or two young men who went and did this thing. But if, uh, you know, they would have to be very quick to get those things done overnight. Because the nights here in this country, I've noticed, aren't that long. So they would have to be really quick to be able to do what they did. And, and I don't think they did it. Because uh, some of the signs that we saw and that were shown to us, when we set up different things for different ceremonies, they're almost exactly the same. So that's why we've come to understand that we were all given the same thing. <coughs> These were put here for a purpose so that we we didn't destroy Mother Earth. So, because uh, to me it is, it is looked at among all the planets to be one that is the only one that has a lot of water on. So, they make, we may have visitors who come just, just for water. 
And so they might get upset if we cannot take care of our own planet. Maybe we don't even deserve to be here. So we have we have to look at things in, in you know beyond beyond the the common logic that says uh, that mankind are, are the two legged is the most superior life on this planet. And, 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 and in reality it's going to tell us that we are not we are the ones who cause the most destruction right? because every other form every other form of life has its place and so we have to say you know who is the savage and it's going to be the two-legged of, 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 of all all races because everything else has its, has its place and every time we cause one of those creatures to be extinct we're removing a balance and we're going to find ourselves hurtling off into space if we don't uh, bring things to a halt so it, there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of greater meaning to what, what is going on and we need to understand that you know we are sure we are indigenous to the land we come from but we need to understand it we need to know what these ancient sites are all about we need to to relearn those ceremonies and why why they they were put up, you know, and, and, and what their meanings are, because uh, I will almost guarantee they're going to be exactly the same as as the ones we have in our country and the ones in, in South America and in Africa and all you know in other parts of the world, you know. So it's a it's a greater understanding that once again, Mother Earth, and we need to take care of her. Do you think I'm going to just the you said the trucks across the ice of Bering States going the other way? So, you know those legends say that you were in Europe a long time ago, went over that way after the ice age? Well, see, once again, you're, you believe history. I know. You know, because uh, archaeologists, archaeologists, uh, you know, they say within the last 30-some thousand years, did uh, life appear in that part of the world? But then they've robbed, you know, they, we call them grave robbers because they're always robbing our graves. <laughs> they finally robbed one that told them, we have been there for 65,000 years. Now, the question is the names like Fuel Tuba and things, both sides and all different things. But I wanted to know your story, his story, his, your story. Um, what is your age of history according to you? We are born of, of Mother Earth. We believe we, well, in fact, among our people, we know our birthplace, <laughs> where we came from the Earth on, onto the top, because we, we were all created of the Earth. We have stories that go back, that speak of the time when the eagle was red, and that time was in the beginning of creation. Where? Throughout the world. No, no. Um... Your people. Uh, where we come from, the. Indigenous, that means you weren't ever in Europe first. No. Mm. Mm. You were always in America. Mm. How about the Ice Age, for millions of years, 9,000 years? Where did you turn the Ice Age? Before it could be in the again? Well, we, uh, you know, just like any other creature, we've always adapted to the way of our environment. And so you will find that during the Ice Age, most of the people moved closer to the to the, the equator. You did move yeah. down to Florida perhaps? Uh, not all tribes. We have stories of... Uh, so these trucks, they went the other way. You went to Europe perhaps, the other way. Probably. And then came back. 
No, we did. We did not leave. But there was different bands that left. There's, there's different groups of people that left. You know, but we have always been there. I mean, because of other things that are in our country, we have ancient sites that we know that we that we say for as long as we can remember, and that is why we have never written anything down. We have always kept alive through oral tradition, from one generation to one generation, and we have a way of marking them. They're called winter counts. And if you know how to read a winter count, you start in the center. And, and you can tell everything that happened among the people for that year. And they, and they were, on the real large one, they, were, they would go for a hundred years. And so they, and they would find them. And at one time, they, we, they would have what you call uh, tribal historians, and they were responsible for these. Among our people, they said before uh, we had to deal with... Uh, European culture there was one lodge that was created to you know more or less like to keep all of our history and they said it was, it was a massive lodge and it was full of all all the winter cows throughout the beginning of time and the oldest one is written on on the hide of a white buffalo and so it goes back for you know for thousands and thousands and thousands of years in your own stories in which the Bible says that God created man and woman. And in a way, you have to look at your own story because, again, man had his influence. Because when they said the Creator created man, He created him from the earth. And then He said He took a rib and made a woman. It is not true. The man was made from the earth. The woman was made from the earth. There was no such thing as a rib. And one of the stories that, that I was told one time by an elder was that creation began on Mother Earth. And that place exists. But no one knows where it is yet. And that one day we will all know that we really did come from one place but it's not ready yet but it's coming. But they said as the people grew they separated and they became the four directions of the earth. And they left to each where they were now. But there was one tribe who has gone full circle who has left the country of Turtle Island and ventured all the way around and came over across the Barren Strait and went back down into Mexico. And that was the Orientals. And they said, those are the ones that came across the Barren Strait. Because as you watch and you look, you will see an influence of Oriental all along the coast. And they intermingled with the tribes until they got back into Mexico and that's where I think they see the steps coming across there. But they originally left off from here. There is a place down by the Gulf of Mexico where you will see statues that represent all four races. It must be telling us something. But like I said, to each his own. You have to believe what you believe. And that is why it is necessary to hang on to traditions. 
without traditions you have no foundation and without foundation that is how you would wander and so it is, it is good to to know that because of these traditions we do have those stories to that beginning because you know like I said among the Lakota we know the exact place we came from out of the earth and it is sacred to us it's in the heart of what we call the Black Hills in the state of South Dakota and to, that, to us that is a very very sacred place and so that is where we know we come from so it's, uh, it's once again it's being able to know your tradition why there, there were traditions because that first man the story goes that there were four elders who were born who were chosen to go through that through that opening first when the first one came out there was a young maiden he was given the gift of water so water was always sacred the second one who came out was given the gift of cedar in our country cedar grows on the highest points of the mountains way above the tree lines where it gets the coldest there to 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 hear the prayers of, of the world the third gift to the third elder that came to the opening was the gift of sage sage is considered sacred 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 to the point it is the wisdom of mother earth therefore it is great so that's why when we get gray hair we say oh I'm getting wise you know but that was and the fourth gift was fire and so that the people would always understand that in the center of mother earth even though the scientists say there is multilateral it's fire so that is the heart of creation and so that is where we begin and when we reach the surface we were born onto mother earth and that is why the sacred sweat lodge is so sacred because that represents the womb of our mother and when we turn in there and we bring in the hot rocks we, it all comes together it all makes it very simple and these are things that have been handed down for 65,000 years according to the archaeologists but for we say as long as the Lakota can remember and so when we understand that we understand the need and the purpose for tradition we can never let them go if we do then we might as well turn our back on Mother Earth and let her die so that is why these things have been that way we are but two-legged we cannot change <coughs> but we can use that knowledge to save Mother Earth the secrets of saving her are right there so that is what we need to understand anything else? One of the things we have that we know that it was a gift to the Lakota is, is the sacred uh, white buffalo calf pipe. And I will even share the story with you. I don't know how much time we got. As much as you like. Oh, we can hear a long story then. <laughs> there was a time when even the Lakota had gotten to the point where they had gotten away from the Creator. They began to feel themselves superior to all of their life. And so they faced hard times, they faced hardships. But the Creator, we understand, is very compassionate, very given. So He sent 
a young maiden. And so when she was coming, there was two young cousins. They were cousins. They were warriors. They were out looking for a herd of buffalo to hunt because the people were hungry. And off in the distance, they seen this, the most beautiful young maiden they had ever seen approaching. And so one of the cousins looked at each other, each other and said, Cousin, I would like to marry that woman. She is very beautiful. I want to have her as a wife. And the other cousin, understanding that this was something sacred, something spiritual, told him, you should not be thinking of these thoughts. You shouldn't have thoughts like this. And the maiden got closer and closer and closer. And when she got maybe 15 feet away from him, she looked at the one who thought that way and said, I will marry you because that is what you want. And so she, she motioned for him to come. And when he got to her, a cloud covered them. When the cloud dissipated, there his body laid upon Mother Earth, and all types of snakes were devouring of his flesh. Because that is how we come to have snakes in our country. And then she told the other one, you return to your people. You tell them, you tell them that I am bringing a gift from the Creator so that the Lakota can be saved. And so, when the cousin returned home, she told him exactly what he must do. So they set it up, they put this massive lodge up that faced to the west, the direction she was coming. And when all the people got in and arranged in the way she said, there she came. She came over the hill and she was coming into camp. And she walked in and, and, and one of the oldest elders at that time was named standing buffalo walking and she called upon him to come forth and she offered him this bundle and it was a sacred white buffalo calf pipe and she said use this pipe and the, spirit, and, and, and the great spirit will always hear you she said because in our language we say Tukashla which means grandfather is our, our relationship to the creator they will always hear your prayer and after she instructed him how it was supposed to be used and, and, the, and how to maintain it. Then she, then, then she turned around and she walked out of, out, of, out of the lodge and she was walking west. She hadn't gotten very far, maybe 50 yards, when there, once again a cloud covered her. And when the cloud dissipated, there stood a white buffalo walking off towards the west. And so that was the gift from the Creator to the Lakota people for the sacred buffalo calf pipe that we still have in our possession this day. We still have sandwich for that pipe. So this, it is a very, very sacred thing to us. It is said that when Jesus Christ walked on the world, there are passages in the Bible where he cannot be found. No one knew where he was. He was in our country. He came and he, and he sat with us. He ate with us. He did even took part in the sweat lodge ceremony and other ceremonies. And not at one time not once did he ever tell the Lakota to, to stop what they were doing. He said, continue in your belief. And so, those of you who, who know the Bible will find passages in there that refer to seven sacred rocks. Even a couple of our ceremonies are written right in the Bible. Because the Bible teaches you how to be a Lakota. Lakota follows the same way. There is but one creator. So that was our gift that understands, let us understand who we are.
and it is the pipe of the Lakota that have saved all the nations. Because all the nations have come to Lakota for help within the last 50 years. As many have forgotten their way, many had lost their tradition. And it was, you know, and it wasn't basically their fault. It was the government who forced them into boarding schools and beat them every time they spoke their languages. You know, and so a lot of them, in order to survive, you know, survival is a strong thing. In order to survive, they did what the government asked. So unfortunately, the bad thing about that is that, you know, a lot of, a lot of their, their traditions were lost. So that is why we open our arms in our sacred ceremonies. We have nations from all over our country who come and sun dance with us. People from all over the world come and sun dance with us. You know, so there's a Lakota who still, who still believe this way, who still would die for it. And that is a tradition set by the Creator, so we will never give it up. And that is why the things we do must be done this way, because that is the way it was said to be done. And we cannot change that. And a question back there? And many of the books about the indigenous people of America that describe the war that went on between different groups, and they say that uh, you know the warriors would go out and raid other groups. And is this true? And if so, um, do you feel that that was a mistaken practice? One of the things we understand as, as indigenous people. Because of the sacredness of our beliefs, it was always said that he who has the blood of his own, of his own kind on his hand is not allowed to be to continue to be a part of, of, of sacred things. So uh, Indians did not kill Indians until the Europeans stepped on our shores. It was in those times when, like, if there was disagreements or arguments, or who, you know. If they were going to decide who was going to use this hunting ground for this year or had the first privilege of using it, there would be huge tournaments. That's where we got like stick games, lacrosse. You know, these games were played and it was like in tournaments. Each tribe sent in its best players. And it was the winner of that tournament had first right to that hunting ground. And then in the way, in the order you fit, finished. Because there was no bloodshed. I mean, you know, there were accidents. You know, that's granted. All, you know, we all had accidents. But... There was no thing such as war. We were not warlike people, but we learned war well. And we learned all the things that were taught to us, that were brought to us. We, 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 we were not responsible for scalping. That, that was the French gift to us. French taught the indigenous people how to scalp. It was during the war between France and England where that came, came into play. So see, it was a lot of the things, a lot of the lessons that European brought over. We learned well because of survival, but we never turned away from our traditions, and we and we still do them the exact same way they were done when they were first brought into our country. So that is why they are important. They have kept us alive over these 500 years. So uh, and that's why I mean it's very difficult to 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 believe books. Because they will, like I say, they will give you a picture. But it's what you as an individual see in that picture. What you feel. It's just like anybody else. If we allow ourselves to think about things so too much sometimes, we form our own agendas, our own opinions. But if we feel from our hearts and allow the eyes of the heart to truly see things, then you begin to feel. That's why it is necessary, I feel, 
In order for you to truly understand indigenous people, you must also understand their pain. And even after 500 years, instead of hating the world, we still have our arms open, welcoming those who wish to come and, and share our secrets of Mother Earth, share in our way we communicate with the Creator. Now we pray, because we are still giving people. That means that everything, like I say, we are part of each other. We all have the same beginning. Do you share the rain down secret if we're going to dry up? What for? It causes acid rain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, it was not called rain death. It, it, it's a but, but, you know, once again, going with Hollywood and then historians, they had to label it. It was a sacred ceremony. And, and of course, there were certain deaths, but it was not called rain death. You know, it, it, was a, it was a ceremony to ask the waters to come, to ask the clouds to come and, and share share their gift of water. And so it was, it, it was kind of, I've never had very much success with this language. I'm finding, you know, words I need to use to explain what I'm trying to say are difficult to come by, but it was not a, it was, it was more, you know, it was more sacred than just, you know, a rain dance. That was when, that is very crude to, to, you know, to indigenous people because it's like slapping it in our faces. Same way when you say squaw, that is very hurtful to indigenous people because squaw, in many of the languages, was translated into whore. Our women were not whores. So see, when they, when they use that term, that, that, you know, they never allow us to forget the pain. In our country, they never allow us to forget the pain, so we cannot forget it. And they continue to use terms like that. It's very rude. You know, we never tell them every day that they're, uh, you know, that their humble beginnings, the first people, the first Europeans in our country, came when this side of the world emptied its prison, <coughs> sent all their prisoners, got on ships and went over there. And that is the history of those people, those Americans. Those are Americans. We are indigenous. We are, we are who we call ourselves. Sometimes you just speak about the power of an individual. <laughs> I used to feel that if I stood square to the ground and did the best I could, that that would be enough. But now I feel that. But you, 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 you used the key word there. You said you, you used to think when you stand upon Mother Earth and you stand there in all your humbleness and all your sacredness as a two-legged because we all possess energy. Energy is life. And you feel Mother Earth beneath your feet, and you feel her breathe, and you understand that. Then you know there's more that you can do. And as an individual, that strength is learning to laugh, making everybody feel good. Because when you can laugh, and, and, and the person next to you laugh, that is a common body. You bond together in laughter. That is why it's such a great medicine. That is why one of the, some of the most sacredest beings among my people were called Heokas. And many have different terms for them. Some say they were backwards people. Some say that they were clowns. To me, they were the humblest people that had to walk the earth because they, had the, they took the responsibility on their shoulders to make the world laugh. To see a child laugh gives, is a greater reward than to see a child cry. So... The, the power of one can do many things, 
because the power of one, if you let it fill and you let it flow, becomes the power of many. And it is the many voices <coughs> of Mother Earth joined together that will stop the atrocities that are happening to her today. So, uh, just because we are an individual does not mean we can do. We can do whatever we choose to. But we just got to do it. We got to just stop waiting for someone else. We got to do it. Because uh, there are many, many tricksters throughout, throughout uh, time. And a trickster is actually just a reflection of yourself. This it allows you to, yeah, because it allows you to see things maybe that you don't want to see. Mm-hmm. And so that is why we fear them. Mm-hmm. Because the, the trickster has the ability to trick you with words. Mm. You know, and, and if you do not, that is why I say we've got to stop thinking. Because if we just let the mind think, we could believe anybody's words. Yeah. But if you feel from your heart, uh-huh. you will know the difference. Yeah. We always give the we always give the trickster enough time to expose himself, mm-hmm. because he eventually will. He will do something that will mess him up, and then the people will see. And that is how you defeat the trickster. It's not believing in his tricks. <coughs> you got to heed the words more because there are more meanings in the words. You know, that is why language, most, every language is language of feeling. You know, so, it is that, you know, that, that is what, they basically, the stories were, were the, the Cody, or, or, or we call him Iktomi, among our people. You know, it, it could be very, very powerful. But does he bring the gift of love sometimes? That is his position. And that is why the Hilke is, such, is so powerful. Yeah. You know, because he... He has taken from the Ektomi, the Ektomi secret to act. And so that is why the Hyoka can defeat the Ektomi. And so the Ektomi must work for him. So the first couple of times I encountered him, my, my stomach turned over because I felt very uncomfortable. I guess that was time to taking me look at parts and I didn't even see. But later times, I felt there was laughter there, so I, I was a little more comfortable, but I was still not quite happy with the centering. That's why I had to ask, because it's not, when he appears to me sometimes, I'm still not quite Well, see, when he first appears, you need to just laugh at him. Is that, is that the fruit yeah. Because when you laugh at him, he says, oh, they know what I'm about. Okay, right, thank you. you know, so. well, I understand that. Thank you. Any other questions? In your life, do you communicate with the ancestors? Excuse me? With the ancestors. Do you communicate with the ancestors? All the time. All the time. We've got this phone that we use. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're still, like I say, because, because we follow the traditions and we still, and because we believe them to be sacred. They still speak to us. The rocks are ancient. We never even know how yeah. old the rocks are. It's just, well, it's yeah, because that they, you know, they come back to a time from maybe when these rocks were born. They're all ancestors. So they can advise you, and you can also recall the past that way. Mm-hmm. Well, that is why we say there are secrets. A lot of things is just our, a way 
of learning them. And that's why I say the two-legged need, desperately needs ceremony. He needs traditions. Without them, we become wanderers and we, we start to question all things and do nothing about it. And so that is why it's important that if we have tradition, we know where we came from. That is why we walk today. And what we know of that, of yesterday and today, will help us get into tomorrow. And so that, that is why that is important. And we can never, we can never, because the Creator says one thing to all life, to all of His creation. Then it is okay to turn your back on many things. You say, but if you ever turn your back on the people and on the sacredness of the people, you will never be forgiven. That's why so many have to journey back to Mother Earth. This is a testing ground. You're sent here to learn lessons. You're born into this life and we begin as four-legged. We crawl. We are children. You cannot come out of that womb running you know, because you do not have the strength. So it doesn't, you know, it takes, it takes a lifetime to understand these things. Nothing happens instantly. There are no instant knowledge of anything. You know, even in the space of five to ten years, you're not going to learn what some have walked with all their life, regardless of, of what you think you may see. These things are important. We cannot change them. We're just two-legged. They have been there since the beginning of time, and so who are we to change them? So that's why I have to ask, why has the Bible been rewritten so many times? You know, that is changing things. That is not the way it should be. We have not changed among my people. For as long as the archaeologists can date it, or we like to say for as long as we can remember. And we remember to the beginning of time. However long that was. And so, that is why these things are truly important. Without them, who, who are we really? If we do not know where our roots take us, then who are we? You know, so these are things that we need to start looking at and need to start understanding as the human race. Because I look at, you know, I need to ask you a question. Why in every picture of Jesus Christ and people around him do they have this glow about their heads? What was the purpose of that? To me, I'm not trying to be hurtful to anybody's way of belief, but when I look at that, and I see all these glows, it was like, I think these were space people, because these are their helmets. They needed those to breathe on this planet. You know, that we could get things from many different things if we write them down. That's why we never wrote nothing down. When you write them down, close them up and put them away, Society says, out of sight, out of mind. You keep them alive in here, there is no question of how they should be.